0: Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblass, and welcome to uh, to, uh, FinTech Unfiltered uh, from Bank Innovation. Um, This is our weekly wrap uh, on what's happening in banking technology for the week of June 1. And before I begin, I wanna thank the Bank Innovation advertisers, Mambu and Nutanix for their continued support. I'm joined by Bianca Chan and Rick Morgan of the Bank Innovation Team. Welcome to both of you. And it is Friday, June 5. Uh, this week, we saw a tremendous social unrest uh, throughout the nation, which uh, colored all news, uh, all news in every industry, including FinTech. We'll get to that later. First, I wanted to, Uh, start our discussion talking about uh, uh, a story that uh, Rick wrote on the FDX adoption rate that it hit the 12 million mark, uh, a significant number. So there are 100 members in the FDX uh, I guess consortium Mm -hmm. you'd call it. uh, So how high do you think that that, uh,
1: adoption rate can go and should plaid be worried well plaid's actually a member of their organization so it's uh it's kind of interesting they're more about like um sort of having this api that banks can use to connect to either data aggregators like plaid or other fintechs um so they didn't really view plaid as a competitor more of actually as a partner um but the adoption i mean the the potential is striking uh according to don cardinal the managing director Um, There's a hundred million consumers out there that have shared their banking login credentials uh, to give access to third parties uh, with the practice known as screen scraping sort of colloquially. Um, So there's quite a few consumers out there uh, that are still sharing their, their login credentials, sort of the old fashioned way and um, giving banks, uh, giving third parties access to their banking login credentials in a way that's not as secure. And um, that's viewed as kind of a, um, an unsafer way to do it as opposed to API based data sharing.
0: This is not a, uh, a fast development over there. I think that they, uh, he had, this, this CEO had some line about uh, uh, how it's a, it takes a while for the ventures, to, this venture to
1: kind of get its legs. Mm. Um, is there a sense for how fast they're going? Well, they just I launched in two thousand and eighteen, so it's you know they are relatively new, but he i mean he the he compared it to online banking in general so um, in the same way that online banking didn't roll out overnight, I believe he said that the same way that's the same thing that we're going to see with api based data sharing. It's just going to take some time um, for a lot of financial institutions and third parties to move away from um, you know credential based data sharing and towards api based data sharing so um, I don't think they expect this to be an overnight fight or anything that's done in the next year or two. I think it's something that's going to be sort of a long-term drag.
0: A big number that came out this week was uh, $241 million, the yeah. amount raised by Varro in its oversubscribed Series D. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is kind of the – it was framed as uh, the the final – stage to its uh, evolution as a into a bank um so the que- the question there is you know why why still a bank and why is it has it taken so
1: long for them to to get to this point uh so they want to become a bank because they don't want to rely on the uh sort of the the partner bank that, that they have to pay fees to when they say that they can sort of create a lot of, um, a lot more products and launch a lot more um, offers for their their customers than they can now. Uh, it's taken quite a bit of time, it's been sort of a three year process. Um, they've had to go through FDIC approval, they had to get preliminary OCC approval, then they have to get final OCC approval. Um, and they just have to keep proving to these uh, regulators that. They have what you know what it takes to be a full fledged bank and not just a challenger bank. Um, they've had to hire people to their board and to their um, uh, just to, be, to the the they hired a CISO that was from uh, a former regulator and they've just hired a bunch of different regulators to sort of um, become more appealing to the regulators that they're trying to get a, a bank charter from. Now they've also had to prove that they can be cash flow positive. Uh, they've had to come up with CRA plans. I mean, it's just been a lot of regulatory hoops. So. Um, it's an interesting kind of route that they're going, and it's certainly been a long process. And they expect to have it done by the summer, so we'll see if they uh, they stay true to that.
0: I mean, this, this is a pretty. Uh, uh, what, what's their number of, of depositors right now? I, mean, I think they're topping top two two million.
1: Is that just right? shy, just shy of two million was the number. That, to, that so that this is
0: this made. is kind of a pretty big account for the bank core, I would think.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how a lot of these if if. Varo gets a, um, a banking license, and that signals to other fintechs that hey, we can get a banking license. Um, is that going to affect the sort of banking as a service business of a lot of these smaller banks that that provide the backend services for these fintechs? Um, I, you know, you have to imagine that's something that they're thinking about, and they'll probably have a close eye on Varo to see is this really going to happen, and um, if so, how? What kind of ripple effect is that going to have in the fintech community? I mean barlow has been at it for three years and it has not been easy by any means. And they've you know, had to like restart. I mean, they had to redo a few things and they've, it's just been a, like, kind of a very tumultuous process. Um, so I don't think it's gonna be something that every FinTech's jumping to do, but it, it definitely signals some of the, the thinkers out there that we've talked to in the, um, in the academic circles have said, it, it will definitely signal to um, to other FinTechs that it is possible. So it'll be interesting to watch. A smaller number, uh, was the 5 million
0: invested by Santander InnoVentures uh, into A55, uh, an SME lender? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a small number, but there's some import to it. So Bianca, why why do we why is this uh, five million dollar investment, you know, relatively important as a as an indicator of a trend?
2: Yeah, sure. So it is a small number but it does depict or illustrate a larger trend of um, a ramping up of fintech funding and also fintech um, innovation and activity in latin america um, the region itself is gaining traction i mean it's the fourth startup that santander in Inno- adventures has um, backed in the region and fintech funding in 2019 according to CB insights um, reached 2 billion which you know is not the biggest number compared to the U.S. industry, but that's a 200% year-over-year increase from 2018. So that's, you know, speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other fintechs we've seen have also kind of moved into the area. I know Rick wrote a story a few weeks ago about Galileo recently expanding sure. to Mexico to help their U.S. banking clients reach um, reach a new market. And the interesting thing here, I think it's so attractive is because there's a huge untapped potential of unbanked consumers, something like 40% of the population is unbanked. Right. And so, um, and also it kind of, that, that, um, untapped potential kind of coincides with a acceleration of adoption of digital banking among consumers in Latin America. And then, um, you know, to the point about Vero jumping through all these regulatory hoops to become closer to a bank. Um, In comparison, in Latin America, regulatory landscape um, is much more favorable to FinTech. There's lower barriers um, for new tech players trying to receive regulatory approval. And they've also taken some pointers uh, from Europe's open banking policies to, um, I guess, you know, accelerate in that front in a responsible way. So pretty interesting.
0: Well, the big story uh, this week was the social unrest uh, after... uh the unfortunate, uh, tragic death of George Floyd. Uh, Bianca, you're both of you are in the Seattle area. I mean, Bianca, you have you've had protests just outside your window of your apartment in Seattle. Um, how has has the uh, this national issue uh, played out uh, in fintech? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've seen a bunch of social media campaigns um, that you know banks and fintechs consumers, everyone alike, has just really been uh, participating in, which is great, but we wanted to take a deeper look and see, you know, what the fintechs or these, you know, big businesses, essentially what they're doing beyond just um, writing posts in in solidarity on that front. And uh, the story is going up later today. And what we saw was, uh, it was a mixed bag, I guess. You'd say, I mean, the exact word I was going (laughs) to (laughs) use. Yeah, some some fintechs like Plaid have launched civil civic engagement programs among employees so that they can take the time to protest peacefully or, you know, go vote or do any other sort of civic minded duties. They've um, also donated to a few organizations that, um, you know, are aimed at fighting social injustice and police brutality. and then some others declined to comment or declined to uh you know say of more details as, at all, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: to say more details as to what action is happening um offline
0: right uh well we we made a contribution to uh the naacp's legal and edu- education uh defense fund, so um it's a there, there's a lot for all of us uh, to do, and I, I guess based on your reporting, a lot for some fintechs to do mm-hmm. a, as well here. Um, heading into uh, next week, um, what do you guys have on the on your
1: plates? Uh, I have a piece of news that is embargoed. I can't really get too into too much specifics, but uh, I will say it is a big bank that is integrating some pretty interesting tech to make things a little bit easier for consumers to communicate with the bank. So that'll go up on Monday. Uh, so we can keep an eye out for that. And I know Bianca also has a similar ish story.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Same old, you know, looking at how banks are kind of evolving and what kinds of technology that they're investing in kind of just given the, Current environment. Um, looking at Barclays, looking at Hawaii State Federal Credit Union. So just kind of across the board.
0: Good. Well, thank you both so much, and uh, thank you, thank you everyone for uh, for tuning in. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Thanks. Great. Bye everyone.